0: Well, it has been said that faith is a journey without maps. I've got to admit that I find that a little bit uncomfortable because I like to have things figured out. I want to know where I'm going. I want to know what's going to happen. I want to have the details and plans in front of me because quite honestly, I want to feel safe and if I'm really honest, I want to be in control. Maybe you can relate to that feeling as well. And yet, as much as we might like predictability, faith really is a journey without maps. And that journey will take us through all sorts of unexpected places and moments and experiences. Some of the early Celtic Christians discovered this in an extraordinary way. They had a practice called peregrinatio, which means a long wandering journey. And these Irish monks were sent out from their monasteries to go form some new works and new faith communities in villages, mostly along the Scottish coast. And so they would set off in what was called a coracle, which was a small boat that was often used for fishing. But here was the really audacious part. They would leave their oars behind. They would forgo any type of steering or rudder, and they would simply hoist their sail, and they would set off not knowing where they were going, because they believed that the wind of God's Spirit and the current of God's love would take them where they needed to go. They believed that the place that they ended up in would be their place of resurrection, a place where they would come alive, where they would be able to discover their meaning and fulfillment and purpose in life. And so wherever the little boats stopped, they would stop, and they would begin a new community of faith. Some of those boats capsized along the way, but many others of them actually succeeded, and they ended up starting these brand new faith communities along the coastline, including Iona, one of the most famous spiritual communities in all of Christian history. Why did they do this? They had this beautiful image of the Holy Spirit as a wild goose who would lead them to unexpected places and people. They understood that faith is a journey without maps, and they chose to surrender their lives and plans to God's direction, allowing the winds of God's Spirit to lead them to the moment where they need it to be. Well, this morning, we're continuing with our series on the Holy Spirit, and we're exploring different images and words that describe how the Holy Spirit can work in our lives. And today, we're going to look at this image of the Holy Spirit as wind— How the movement of the Spirit can bring about change and power and boldness and newness in our life. And we're going to look briefly at three scriptures and then talk about what this can look like for us today. And so I want to begin with John chapter 3. I spoke on this text a little while ago, so we're not going to camp on it very long. But Jesus is talking to a guy named Nicodemus who is on a search for some deep answers in his life. And he ends up having this very real, very honest conversation with Jesus. And Jesus invites Nicodemus towards what he calls a rebirth, this invitation to a new type of life, this new way of experiencing God. It's a new relationship. It's a new connection. It's a new way of living and being. But there's a catch. There's always a catch, isn't there? You can't experience this new birth with your old thinking, with your old answers or your old ways and experiences. You can't figure it out on your own. It has to be entered into a new way. And so this new birth, this new life, is a work of God's own spirit and breath. And here's what Jesus says in John chapter 3. Don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above. Out of this world, so to speak, you know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. And so this work of the Spirit is like the wind. It it can't be predicted. It can't be tamed. It can't be seen. Instead, this work of the Spirit suddenly shows up seemingly from nowhere, and something new is created. Well, this imagery has shades of the creation story to it, doesn't it? Because in the opening words of the biblical story in Genesis chapter 1, we read these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. The language that's used in this verse is fascinating. The Hebrew word spirit also means breath or wind. And so there's this picture of God's spirit that is fluttering over the darkness, that is hovering like a bird or moving like the wind over this emptiness. And so there is something that is stirring and happening from the opening words of the biblical story. The spirit of God is moving like a wind, and that movement can't be tamed or predicted. But even more importantly, we see that God's Spirit is present in that moment, hovering in that place. And that moment, that Holy Spirit wind is going to do something brand new in this unexpected place. I so often find myself coming back to the Genesis story. I know I bring it a lot into sermons because I think it's one of the most significant and transformative realities that we can hold onto in life. I love that imagery and truth because of what it means for each of us in our own stories. And here it is. The Holy Spirit works in all sorts of unexpected places. The Holy Spirit works in all sorts of unexpected places, including our own. The places we can't see, the places we would write off as nothing, the places that are dark or that feel chaotic, places that are hidden, the places that are filled with our own disappointments, our own fears, our own pain, the places that are broken, the places that are tired and depleted and empty. And yet, those places don't surprise the Holy Spirit at all. Instead, the wind and breath of the Holy Spirit hovers and lingers and moves over those places, working from those deep places to create and birth something new. This past week, Michelle and I were with some dear friends of ours and just catching up on life and sharing a little bit about the journey that our family has been on over the last few years. And at one point, they turned to us and said, what are you learning through everything that you're going through? It's a great question. It's kind of difficult to answer fully. And so Michelle began sharing, and then I just sat back and reflected on that question and our experiences. And I recognized again in that moment that we have really been on a journey without maps, without control, without safety nets, And as I've been reflecting on that question since Tuesday, I've realized once again that in a lot of broken, painful places and moments and events that our family has walked through, I can still see God's fingerprints throughout. That even in the midst of the darkest, emptiest time of our life, God's Spirit has still been breathing and blowing and moving and hovering over us. And as raw and as painful As difficult as the journey has been for us, something new has also been happening right alongside. I've been discovering a new sense of God's presence being formed and shaped inside of me. God's breath in my life. I've discovered that while pain is real, God's love is stronger. And somehow, somehow through it all, we're still holding on to hope we're still adjusting our sails, leaning into the wind of God's spirit, trusting that we are somehow being led by that wind of God's spirit and the current of God's love taking us where we need to go. I don't know all of your stories or what it is that you're walking through in life right now, what you're carrying, what you're holding on to, but I am sure that you can find your life and your story in these words from Genesis. That life may feel so chaotic and dark or heavy or uncertain right now. Maybe you're feeling fatigued. Maybe you're feeling empty or disappointed or not sure how you're going to keep moving forward. Maybe you're wrestling through some major decisions or You're struggling through a situation or a relationship or a reality that feels so difficult, maybe even impossible. Maybe you're longing for a word of hope or encouragement. I want to tell you today and remind you in this moment that the Holy Spirit works in unexpected places. The Holy Spirit works in unexpected places and the spirit and breath of God is with you right now in your moment. This moment. Especially and in, in even in the uncertainty, the questions, the fears, the doubts, the pain that you might be walking through. The reality is that the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding and doing something in you right now. Even if you can't see it. Even if you can't feel it. I believe the Holy Spirit's invitation to you and to me in this moment is to adjust the sails. To lean into the wind of his leading. And to know that he is working in unexpected places and moments. Well, the Holy Spirit also works and moves in unexpected, ordinary people. People just like you and me. Here's the last verse we'll look at. It's in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Genesis 1 is about the creation of the world. Acts chapter 2 is about the creation and the birth of the church. And there are significant parallels between both stories. You have spirit and wind and presence and power. And something new that comes into being. Genesis 1 is about God's spirit working and moving in unexpected places. Acts chapter 2 is about God's spirit working and moving in unexpected, ordinary people. This story begins on a day called Pentecost, and we're told that all of Jesus' followers were meeting together in one space. Jesus had gone back to heaven, but before he left, he had instructed his disciples to wait, wait together until the Father sends you the gift he has promised. And then he says, in just a few days, you will be baptized or immersed, filled with the Holy Spirit. And so for 10 days, the disciples have been in this extended prayer meeting, gathered together, waiting for whatever's going to happen next. They don't know what's going to take place. They don't know when it's going to happen. They don't know what it's going to look like. It's really a journey without maps. All they've been told is that something big is going to happen. So they wait, and they pray, and they stay focused on Jesus. And then comes this great word. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly God's Spirit appears and comes in like a giant, mighty wind. Did you notice it's the same connection between God's Spirit and wind like Genesis? And now that wind of God's spirit comes and fills not only the place that they were in, but also every single person who was there. No one was left out. Everyone was included. These are ordinary people. They are not famous. They're not successful. They don't have big fancy titles or positions. They are ordinary people just like you and me. And God's spirit comes to them, unexpected, like the wind. And suddenly, in one moment, everything changes. Something new gets burst. These men and women are filled with God's spirit and breath, and they're now given courage and boldness and power. They really are born from above by the wind of God, the spirit of God. And then they are sent out to take this good news to every part of the world. Peregrinatio, led by the wind of God's Spirit and by the current of God's love. Ordinary people who are changed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. The rest of the book of Acts is filled with incredible stories of how they responded, how they listened, how they trusted, how they adjusted their sails and live this spirit-led movement of wind in their lives. A journey without Maps. So what does this mean for us today? Well, let's be reminded that God is working in our lives. Taking the places that need shaping and filling and fixing and mending and healing. And he is bringing his spirit into those areas allowing his breath, his life, to create something new deep inside of us. And then he asks us to trust him in the journey, to listen, to respond, to follow, to take new steps, because he fills us and empowers us with boldness and courage and the strength to do so. And as we do that, he invites us and brings us to other unexpected places and people who also need the wind of God's spirit to come and to move in their hearts and lives. We get to be part of that spirit wind movement as well. And it doesn't just have to be in the big things either. Sometimes the wind of God's spirit blows gently like a small prompting or whisper. I can't tell you how many times where I felt this little nudge to pick up my phone To text someone or to call them and just say, hey, your name came to my mind, and I just wanted to let you know I'm thinking about you today, praying for you. I can't tell you how many times the person has responded, how'd you know? How did you know that I was going through a difficult situation right now, or that I needed encouragement, or that your message came at just the right time? It's the wind of God's spirit blowing, and guiding in the moment, bringing things, bringing people together to where they need to be. Don't underestimate what the Holy Spirit can do in unexpected places and people. I love this quote by Artie Davis. I refuse to limit God to what my mind can conceive. I refuse to limit God to what my ordinary brain can come up with because God's Spirit can take us to unexpected places and moments. So what's the invitation for you and I today? Here are just a few questions to consider. How have you seen the wind of God's Spirit working in your life? I want to encourage you to perhaps take some time today or maybe this week and reflect and think about a time or some times where He has already been at work in you already hovering over those places bringing something new into being and take that memory take that moment that might come to mind and use it as a marker use it as a grateful marker to pin on the map as you continue in your current journey and experience here's a second question how can you come more awake and attentive to the holy spirit in your life To pay attention to the little nudges and prompts that he may give. To become aware of where he may be leading you in your faith journey or in your school, your work, in your neighborhood, your relationships. Listen, look for, say yes, especially to the little nudges because you never know where they're going to lead. Finally, ask to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. The gift of God's Spirit is for everyone. Jesus says, all you need to do is ask. And the promise is that you will receive this good gift, the Holy Spirit. There is new breath, new boldness, new power, new wisdom, new life. We can't control or tame the Holy Spirit. But we can adjust our sails and catch the new wind that he wants to bring to our lives. And as we do so, and as we begin taking steps on this journey without maps, it's going to take us to some unexpected places and some unexpected people. And it may be scary at times and risky and uncomfortable, but that's okay. It's a beautiful new thing that is coming into being because it is the work and breath and win of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. In this moment, I want to invite you to pause. And maybe in one of those questions, you found your heartbeat just a little faster, or you resonated in one of those, and I believe that's a whisper and a nudge that the Holy Spirit wants to bring you towards today. To look back on something and to hold on to that. To become attentive in these moments to what the Holy Spirit may be nudging you and whispering to you. For some of you, maybe for all of us, to be filled again with God's Holy Spirit. You might be in a place where you felt dry or empty but God wants to come and to fill you up again to overflowing. And so Holy Spirit, in this sacred moment, you know every story that is here because you have been hovering and lingering and moving over each one of us, whether we see it or not. And so in this moment, we open ourselves up to you once again, inviting your Holy Spirit to come and to fill us, to change us, to come and to allow that new strength, that new presence, that new boldness, that new courage, that new breath to come in, changing us from the inside out. I know I need that in such a strong way in my own life. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come to each of us just like you did on that day of Pentecost to ordinary people. And you came and you filled them and you sent them out. And we are part of that movement that was started all those years ago because of people who listen to the whispers of the wind of God's spirit. May you do the same for each of us in these coming days in Jesus name.